0: Welcome to Higher Ed, Higher Purpose, a podcast designed to help you find your fit with faith, investment, and teaching. The college exploration process can be a wonderful experience of learning about yourself and how God has wired you. By pursuing an institution that is uniquely suited to those interests and passions, we hope you find your fit. Faith in letting God steer you in the right direction, investment in your future, and teaching that is academically challenging. Seek to find your best fit. We're so pleased to be here with our Higher Ed Higher Purpose podcast with a very special guest. Chant Thompson is with us. Chant, I've called you the patriarch of Christian higher education. We're glad you're here. Thanks for being on our podcast with us today.
1: It's a real privilege to be with you, Phil.
0: Now I know this, and uh, but uh, maybe our guests don't know, you were the executive director here at NACAP, the North American Coalition for Christian Missions Professionals for many years. How many years and what got you started here at NACAP?
1: Almost 28 years, Phil. and It seems like it has just flown by, but uh, I was an active member of NACAP. I served as the president I was the Dean of Enrollment Management at one of our member schools. And then I had the wonderful privilege of being asked to be the executive director and it changed my life. allowed me to be involved in a whole different way.
0: And we should tell people what NACAP does and who it seeks to serve. And so tell the folks that are listening to us what NACAP does and even the original days to what we're doing now.
1: Well, originally NACAP was an opportunity to get together and try to figure out ways to collaborate rather than looking at each other's school as a competitor. And we thought, you know, there are a lot of choices out there, a lot of Christian colleges and universities that students can explore and check. And wouldn't it be great if Christian colleges banded together? And one of our uh, presidents a number of years ago said, we need to celebrate our commonalities and set aside our differences. And realize that we've got tremendous opportunity to show the breadth of Christian colleges out there for students and families to explore.
0: And that's, what, that's why we're here today, because we do want to look back and look at those trends and see how they've changed. But also looking ahead, that still applies today, doesn't it? Aren't we still doing that? Isn't that role still important, even in this modern age of enrollment in particular at Christian colleges and universities like our member schools?
1: I think it really has stayed very constant in that regard. It's a relationship business. Uh, some people are taken back when you say the word business. Mm. But higher education is a business. And the mission of Christian colleges and universities is to uh, promote that value-added experience for students and for families. And so that has not changed the way that people go about Uh, exploring Christian higher education certainly has changed. And some people would say for the better because we've got more access, Mm -hmm. we've got opportunity to explore online, uh, investigate schools without having to even leave our kitchen table or our living room or bedroom. And uh, what a great uh, time it is right now to be able to promote Christian higher education.
0: Yeah. And then I've just been here at NACAP as the new executive director for a short time, but I've been in the industry a little bit myself. And one of the things that we want to talk about in, in our conversation today is how Christian college is different from public universities. What are the differences that you see years ago, or even now, as you see looking into the future for, for how Christian colleges can set themselves apart from the public sector?
1: I think you can explore opportunities and experience a great education at a lot of colleges and universities. The Christian College has prided itself on being uh, committed to the whole person, developing the complete individual in terms of character development, uh, motivation, values. An attitude of service Mm -hmm. is often behind the mission of the Christian College or university, so it's not just about getting expertise in an area of study, but it's how does that expertise impact your whole life and how you interact with the people around you?
0: That's the whole ball game for us. And that's the why we we serve in this business or in this ministry. There might be people out there listening and think, okay, public schools provide this and I've got some misconceptions or maybe some stereotypes of Christian schools that might be out there. But what are some of those misconceptions that people might have about what Christian colleges are providing?
1: I think the biggest misconception is the idea that it's not quality. That it's a lesser grade, if, if you will. That it doesn't have access to quality trained faculty. One of the beautiful things about Christian colleges is they're teaching institutions. And so your interaction is with the head of the department, the head of the division. Uh, they've committed themselves to teaching first, and so you get that exposure. And I often say to families, what type of investment do you want to make? You're going to make an investment mm. to choose to go to college. But what type of environment do you want to invest in? And the opportunity to be mentored by scholars you know, across all the different fields of study. Uh, that are available is something that people often think is not available at a Christian college or university. And we can point to the outcomes in terms of what students who have gone to Christian colleges are doing and impacting in the world around them. And they are very competitive in the
0: marketplace. I agree. That's that's the big thing. You you look at any doctor, lawyer, any professional field, any kind of leaders, and and our alums of our institutions are thriving there. Uh, over the course of your career, there have been many changes, changing in society, changing in culture, changes in the church, and clearly changes in, in this business or in, in Christian schools. What comes to your mind as some of the biggest changes that you've observed over the years in your time leading NACAP?
1: Well, often, people will point to students going closer to home. I don't think that has really changed that much, but the perception of that is that people are gonna go closer to home. They're gonna try to do uh, their college experience as quickly as they can, to do it as cost effectively as they can. And uh, I was someone who graduated early from high school and Over the years, students and parents in particular said, Would you recommend that? And I said, Well, it depends on the individual. It might be great for some. It worked out great for me. But there's no reason to rush through your education. There's no reason to, you know, short circuit it in any way, shape, or form. Make the most of it because those years are going to go by pretty quickly. And there'll be plenty of opportunity to work in your chosen field or fields that develop for you. And that's one of the strengths, I think, in terms of Christian colleges and universities. We talk about the fact that they're developing a whole person, and they're helping a person develop skills and thought processes that they can use in whatever field they go into. And so I think it's a still a great time to be part of Christian College and University. And obviously, both you and I have committed our lives, our professional careers to promoting that. And nothing gives me greater joy than to see, as I would put the light bulb go on for a family, that they can make a Christian College a reality. With the help of people like ourselves that believe in it and want to see enriched outcomes as a result of that experience.
0: I can't believe that I'm the guy that's going to say this, and maybe you'd say the same is that college was the best time of your life, and that's what you're getting at there, how much enjoyable it is. I heard somebody say one time that when you graduate, uh, getting a job is like having an eight o'clock class every day for the rest of your life. So, we of course want our students to be prepared, and we think they are, but enjoying it. You know, clearly, uh, families change, but I wonder if you have observations, Chan, about how parents have changed. What kind of how are the parents different in this process? More involved, less involved? H- how do you think the parents? parents in this college selection process, in particular, parents of Christian school students, how have they changed?
1: Well, I think they they have changed in the sense of they want to see the proof that it's worth the experience. They know that there are a lot of opportunities competing for their son or daughter's interest, and parents want the best for their children, without a doubt. And Mm -hmm. we've often said that You need to respond to mom's concerns, and then dad will be satisfied. But dad is looking at the situation in terms of, you know, this is an investment as a family. And so you need to think about the whole family going off to college because moms and dads care deeply about that experience. I would say years ago, more students recruited themselves to college. Now you have all kinds of competing interests coming after students. And they want somebody to walk the journey with them. And that's something that Christian colleges in particular are committed to doing, to building that relationship over a period of time. And parents appreciate that, but they want to know it's going to be worth it. It's not... It's not just good enough you know, for our daughter to want to go here. Demonstrate to me, put the burden off our backs onto the institution's backs to demonstrate why you ought to send your son or daughter to this campus.
0: It's a really good point. Parents are involved in the process in that regard. And like you said, moms are so involved, but you mentioned that the, what they want to observe as the, the return on the investment uh, jobs, Um, a better person, whole person, all of those are are important parts of the process. And then the admissions recruitment process itself has changed over the years. How have schools adapted or changed the way they recruit as these students have changed, the parents are changed, and the industry is changing as well? What do you see over the course of the years that have changed? Maybe what stayed the same in this recruitment process?
1: Well, earlier I said this is still a relational business. And so I believe Christian colleges are committed to building relationships with prospective students. But oftentimes there were connections to institutions through denominational ties or alums that they've seen in the marketplace. And now you just have broad-based branding and marketing, advertising. Uh, You can explore colleges. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so that has changed. And we've always encouraged, whether it be Christian college or a secular college or university, we've encouraged, you know, go and check it out for yourself. Go on campus. The campus visit is critical. I don't think that has changed. although people can narrow down their choices before they ever go to visit campus. And they can do a virtual campus visit. So uh, significantly, the just changing of technology. And certainly most recently, there have been a lot of adjustments with COVID-19. And people have had to figure out ways to get their message out uh, without students being able to come to campus in the same way as they did in the past. but. That meaningful journey for the family is who's going to make me feel the most needed. And I believe that probably nine times out of 10, you go to the place where you feel the most needed, the most wanted, because there's a lot of places that can satisfy providing you with great quality instruction, but you've got to feel like you fit into that environment. And that, That fit is critical for not only the student but mom and dad and uh, the nice ripple effect is the impact or sphere of influence of that family is going to broaden over that period of time which is going to enhance the influence of that campus on not only that individual student but potential other students in the future.
0: You not only served at NACAB, but you served at other Christian colleges. I bet you've got some great stories of recruitment, maybe where you got to recruit multiple members of family. Have any neat stories to tell us about how families connected with you and the Christian college experience?
1: Well, I think if you're committed to advancing Christian higher education, you get those wonderful opportunities. And I I can think about uh, going to a farm in northwestern Illinois and meeting a set of parents focused on recruiting their son, their son came to campus. And then three years ago, I'm actually announcing a ball game at that university. And the gentleman next to me is running the interludes during timeouts and that. And so I introduced myself, I asked him where he's from, what he's studying. And actually thinking he was studying communication and I was thinking, Well, maybe you should be sitting here announcing this ball game and I should be running the music. And he said, Oh no. And he said, in fact, you know, 21 members of my family have all come to this university. And I said, I said, that is tremendous. And I said, Where are you from? And he said, Oh, I'm from northwestern Illinois. And I said, anywhere along the Rock River? And he said, Yes. And I said, well, who are your parents? And it came rushing over me that I had recruited his dad a number of years previously. And so while I'm announcing the game, he's texting his dad saying, hey, dad, do you remember Chant Thompson? And his dad said, well, of course I do. And he said, well, I'm sitting next to him because he's announcing the basketball game tonight. And it was a wonderful reminder that the investment you make in a student and their family, you never have the opportunity to realize the ripple effect of that over the rest of time. And obviously, different generations within that family had satisfactory experiences. It wasn't a requirement for them to come to the university But they benefited, they experienced, they graduated, and it led one led to another, led to another. Now, twenty-one might seem wow, you know, that's extraordinary. But that was again a reminder to me that this relational business that we're in and the investment we make in people. Pays lifelong dividends.
0: It is the higher purpose of the higher ed which we're committed to. There's no doubt about it. What a wonderful story! One of the things we want to get at on this podcast is. This kind of information that it fits for students' faith and we understand, acknowledge you mentioned it's an investment and there is teaching and instruction that's going on. All of those things make up the right fit. Uh, Chant, you said something that it's, it's difficult not to acknowledge in any conversation in any industry, but the COVID pandemic has impacted all of our campus. It's impacted higher education. It's impacted all sorts of industries, but in particular, the Christian college universities, it's impacted them as well. And you've said a couple of things already, but I want to kind of run the thread through that about how has COVID impacted it? How has impacted the process, the recruitment process? How have Christian schools responded? How should they respond? What what has COVID and the pandemic done to this industry and this work that we share together?
1: Well, I think Christian admission professionals should never assume that people are just going to select their institution. So they've had to be creative. They've had to expand the virtual experience. In talking to many of our uh, NACAP members over the last couple of years with the impact of COVID, it's been interesting. When somebody commits to a virtual visit, they usually show up. There's minimal no-shows. That certainly has required the campus to be on its toes. I think the beautiful thing about Christian colleges, for the most part, they've been able to be open. Uh, They have been able to have in-person classes. They've been able to, if a student is exposed to COVID, they've been able to uh, isolate that student or quarantine them, as Mm -hmm. we say, and still continue on providing that, that educational environment. So schools have adjusted. Families are excited to want to come back in person. One, because, you know, God created us with a sense of belonging.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we need other people. We need interaction. Some of us crave it more than others. But we all desire to be able to interact with uh, people that we look to as experts in the field of Christian higher education. And, you know, it's, a, it's a, not just a selection process, but it's a satisfying of the heart in terms of um, desires of your heart. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that you seek those opportunities and God will give you the desires of your heart. And it's amazing time after time how families will say, you know, all the details came together to make it possible for us to participate in this college experience. And, you know, it may be something that you've looked forward to for years or through the marketing of the institution that got your attention at the right time in your life. And not everybody's on the same pace, uh, which is beautiful. And it, it wonderfully, because of the Size, the manageable size of campuses schools have been able to be open, but they've also been able to respond individually to the students
0: needs. I love that about our Christian college campuses in particular, those that are part of our membership in the larger industry across the country. The pandemic has put uh, a lot of different things on our minds. And one of the things that we hear talked about a lot is loneliness, students in particular. But Christian colleges are positioned so uniquely to serve those students. What do you see as a strength of Christian colleges, of how they can serve in this time of the pandemic and the isolation that people are feeling?
1: Well, I think you know just a number of people, Phil, are sensing that loneliness all the more. And even researchers are putting out, you know, studies. One of the biggest concerns is the, you know, long lasting effects of the isolation and the separation. And Christian colleges and universities are rich with the experience that you can have with your roommates, your floor mates, the people in your department, the interaction with faculty, Who's gonna be discipling you? Who's gonna be the mentor in your life that's gonna spur something that just leads to a great opportunity in the future? I can think of a young lady who was a above average student. She got to the Christian college and there were two key faculty members that just ignited her Thirst for learning in that environment, and she thought, I cannot get enough of this experience. And then that led to, I'm going to go on to grad school because I want to be the person of the next generation that influences prospective students and students that are in my classes, just like these two faculty members did. And it was so refreshing to interact with her because it was learning at its best. I mean, she was learning and she was applying what she was learning. And she saw the purpose of it for the long term. And that brought me great joy to have that conversation and had that conversation more than once. So I would just encourage people to realize that yes, loneliness is real. And the isolation of COVID, in particular, is having an effect on all of us. And the Christian College is really poised to provide a nurturing environment, a rewarding environment where those relationships can thrive and help you overcome the burden that comes with that loneliness.
0: Absolutely, talked to a member recently, a VP of the school talked about chapel, and how the students' hunger for chapel is so strong back in person, and Christian college and universities provide that unique experience to deal with the things you've addressed.
1: I was talking just last week with a parent who has two children in college, and this mother is going to chapel at home, following the live stream of chapel and then using that experience to interact with her two daughters who are off at the Christian College. And that's the point of connection for them. And there's a lot of ways you can connect as a parent with a a student that's on campus, but I thought what a great way. Because mom thought she was learning, the daughters thought they were learning and They were sharing that in common with the technology that's available to live stream the chapel. So I I thought, that's great. I'm going to tell other parents, check it out.
0: So all the parents out there, you all should be doing, get on and check it out and see the opportunity to connect with your sons and daughters in this way. Of the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's hit, one of the things that's happened is more selective schools years ago started going test optional chant and they started getting away from it. And here recently to respond to the fall 2020 class and even, even more recently, Test Optional has been growing. Do you think that's here to stay? What are the implications for the recruitment process? What about a family out there that's saying, if I don't take the test op- if I don't take an ACT or SAT test or CLT, how can I get a scholarship? What about Test Optional? What do you see about that looking forward?
1: Well, I think it's been a great wake-up opportunity for higher education in general. And people have found that the best predictor of future success is past experience. And that experience can be reflected in standardized testing, but it's not dependent on it. And so uh, schools have laid out two and three year periods right now where they are have gone test optional. They're flexible on that. They're evaluating that. But I think test optional is here to stay. I don't think it's going away. And I think schools have developed that flexibility where they can do a hybrid situation where it's virtual and Mm in-person. Students can do what they feel is most comfortable in terms of that engagement. But we have found that for the most part, students are on campus, they're back on campus, they want to be on campus, they want to be in the classroom. And not just for all the wonderful social reasons of being with their friends but they gain more and I think there was a time about 15 years ago where we were telling each other oh virtual education is the wave of the future and that's the direction it's going to go and we found that that was not as satisfying as being in person and Christian colleges and universities are able to facilitate that in a wonderful way.
0: Yeah, we thrive in that. That's our place. That's our zone. That's our lane, isn't it? And um, I'm thrilled to hear you talk about that. We've talked about the campus culture. We talked about what goes in. We talked about the quality. Uh, There are families that are listening to us might be concerned about the cost. You may not brag about this, but here in Indiana, where we're coming to you from today, you were critical a few years ago in putting together a a proposal that Indiana students could get millions of dollars of scholarships that you served on that. But what about the family out there listening says, I can't afford it. It's out of my reach to attend a Christian college. What would you say to that family? What are resources for them?
1: Well, I would first say, don't talk yourself out of the opportunity before you explore the opportunity. There are a whole host of sources of financial aid. There's, you know, gifts from donors, often alums, people who care about the Christian college or university environment, uh, the value-added dimension of that, and so. They're investing in that, but we've often found that if a student is encouraged and the family pursues the scholarship and grant and financial aid process, which is designed to help offset real financial need, that if they will go through that process and they compare apples to apples in terms of similar out of pocket costs to the student, many times they'll find that it's more cost effective to go to the Christian college or university. And we know from all the data that is kept on colleges and universities across the country, the average length of time that a student spends at a Christian college or university is just under four and a half years, 4.4 years. Where at most public universities, the average is six and a half years. So you look at even what might on the surface seem like, oh, it's more cost effective to go to a public university. The length of time spent, the focused opportunity for mentorship and opportunity in terms of internship, uh, the supervision of it, that it actually will cost you less in those 4.4 years than it would in six and a half years, and it allows you to move to the next level. A lot of you know, students who are intentional about college, You know they're thinking about grad school, they're thinking about specializations, they're thinking about uh, certification in an area. And all those things can be facilitated at Christian colleges and universities. And bottom line, the dollars out of your pocket may actually be less, but yourself out of it before you even give the Christian college an opportunity to demonstrate that to you.
0: We're talking today with Chant Thompson, the 28-year leader of NACAP, and arguably the most influential person in Christian colleges and universities' enrollment and admissions working process. We're so glad Chant is here with us. And as we've talked about the quality of what Christian education can provide, the, the campus environment and the cost, thank you, Chant, for that insight. Uh, Chant, what, what do you see on the horizon for Christian higher ed? I mean, we're talking about higher ed. We're talking about a higher purpose of what we do in, in our work together, but there are are, there's a horizon out there. There are threats. There are there are you know different storm clouds. What do you see both the positive opportunities and then perhaps maybe the things that might be on the on the horizon for Christian higher ed?
1: Well, I think Christian colleges and universities need to be willing to change. They need to shift their paradigm. They need to think about delivery systems. Students may not want to immediately jump in to the traditional four-year program. There are gap programs out there that are that are tied to Christian colleges and universities that help in that transition. There are opportunities where someone who wants to work, needs to work, and yet wants to pursue their college degree, they can do that. And we've got to continue to be flexible enough to provide those opportunities. And we need to take a hard look at cost because The rising costs obviously influence all the facets of the environment. But if we can look at creative ways to help students fund that, they will access it and they'll gain mightily. And uh, as I said myself, it can change the course of your life for a whole lifetime. And the friends that I have from college, have been friends my entire life, and wonderfully, I can pick up with them and continue on. It's not time-bound, but it's almost everlasting.
0: Well, and you are a product of that. I am a product of that. The persons with whom we interact at uh, member institutions and Christian schools around the country are all products of that. What advice, uh, what encouragement, what, what challenge might you have for that Christian college administrator, faculty member, whomever might be listening as they consider their role and their uh, purpose as it relates to Christian higher education?
1: I think first and foremost, it's important to see the prospective student and their family as an individual. They're important, you know, creation of God. And they have needs, wants, and desires, and you want to build bridges for that prospective student and that family to your institution.
0: Well, thank you. That's good advice for our administrators, for our schools out there, but also our families that are listening. Again, someone who has been the parent of children who've gone on to a Christian college, as you've, as you've articulated, and also served with uh, so many of us. And going to college is a transition. Uh, starting a new job is a transition. What What advice um, would you have for, or, or just maybe memories of these these many years that you've served together, served the kingdom? serve Christian education, in particular serve Christian higher education. What's running through your mind as you enter this next stage of life?
1: Well, when you see a family explore the opportunities that are available at Christian colleges, the greatest joy that I've had my entire career is seeing them walk across the platform and get their diploma. And to also think in terms of the conversations I've had later down the road and the stories they tell in terms of the impact that people had in their lives. And it's uh, often sobering because you don't realize that at the moment, but you, you see that over a period of time. And students have come back to me, and there was a time when I was dean of students for five years, and they think I remember the times when maybe they were challenged or stressed in their life. And I've forgotten more than I remember because God is very gracious and allowed them to mature and grow and be successful and really reap the benefits of the investment that was poured into them. And that still gives me the greatest joy to see that family excited at that point in the journey before they launch into the next step.
0: Well, Chant, thank you very much. Chant Thompson, a name synonymous with Christian higher education for his relationships and the generosity and service that you've extended to us. And of course, the humility that you model every day. We're so grateful that you've come to be with us on this edition of the Higher Ed, Higher Purpose podcast. Chant, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: It's really been my privilege. Thank you very much.